BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and as always, it's Friday. We're going to break down the biggest headlines in Bachelor Nation. There's a lot of moving parts per usual, always some developing stories. And I love that on Fridays, we can look back at the biggest news of the week and dive a little deeper and try to figure out what all of these crazy kids are up to. Um, Obviously, last week, the biggest story in perhaps Bachelor Nation history was Colton Underwood coming out as gay on Good Morning America. And as expected, and as we talked about a little bit last week, there has been a a split response, um, mostly support for Colton in his personal journey, but concern about his Netflix deal and Netflix giving him a platform and him having this reality show to document his journey when he was accused of harassment and stalking his ex-girlfriend, Cassie Randolph, who was also part of Bachelor Nation. And Cassie hasn't said much, but she did break her silence, as we like to say. Um, first on Instagram, kind of encouraging everyone to swipe up to her YouTube channel, which I totally respect her hustle. And I've, she probably saw crazy engagement on her Instagram. You can see you guys on your Instagram when there's you're getting more views or looks or people sending things and her engagement was probably really high without her even posting because people were going to her page to see if she was going to say anything about Colton so I totally get why she wanted to take advantage of that and she posted you know a message thanking people for kind words said she didn't have a YouTube video coming out this week but to swipe up in case you want to watch the next one so we've gotten the next one it's a house tour but at the top of it she did say quote before I get into anything I just want to thank you guys so much for the kind messages I really appreciate it regarding the topic in the media that brought up my name this week I just want to let you know that I'm not going to be discussing it or commenting on it for now there's a lot of layers to it and I feel like the best thing for me at this time is to move forward and just focus on going forward so if I decide to comment in the future or say anything or make a comment at all, you guys will be the first to know. But for now, I just want to say thank you for the messages, comments, and DMs. So at least that's good that, you know, people are sending her support um, because on Bachelor Nation, you never know what kind of DMs people could be receiving or any celebrity in general. So I'm happy that she's feeling the love because I have seen a lot of people, understandably so, thinking this is not really fair to Cassie. He was accused of stalking harassment only less than a year ago. Obviously, we know the order was dropped. They, I don't think, are on good terms by any means, but I don't think they have any communication. Um, Us Weekly confirmed that Cassie did not know Colton was coming out on Good Morning America. From everything I understand, she didn't know he was gay at all. But 
it's probably best for them, you know, to cut ties and not have or not be in each other's lives. But that doesn't mean she wants to turn on Netflix and, you know, see this man who allegedly harassed her have a have a show. Um, at the same time, like I said last week, I think Colton. It's a very specific, interesting case because he was a football player. He was the bachelor. I think he can help a lot of other people in that regard. It just maybe feels a little too soon. And like the stalking and everything like that wasn't really addressed appropriately on GMA. Maybe it'll happen in the Netflix doc. I don't know. It just felt a little glossed over personally, in my opinion. But that's the Cassie front. I don't think we're going to get anything else from her, like she said. Um, Now, I feel like maybe one day she'll do some interview and it'll come up or maybe she'll do a YouTube video about it. If she's, you know, people on YouTube do a lot of like Q and A's and I just can't imagine she's going to be able to not ignore it, but not address it farther further. But also I don't blame her for not wanting to, because she knows it would get a lot of pickup. Obviously there's also a petition going around to have Netflix cancel Colton show. Last time I checked, it had um, almost 30,000 signatures on change.org. I don't think that's going to do anything, but it is interesting to note, I also am very confident that there are no truths to any rumors about him being the bachelor again. Moving on, there's been some paradise updates as we as we, you know, it's still a while away. We don't have paradise until August, but I believe they will start filming probably in June. And a lot of potential couples are brewing. And there's some fact and fiction I wanted to go through really quick. So the Bennett Jordan of it all. You know, I had a love-hate relationship with Bennett. If you listen to this podcast during Claire slash Tasha's season, I struggled with him. The world thought he was so funny. I kind of thought he was annoying. Then I gave in and liked him a little bit, and then he lost me again. But either way, Bennett is is in the news, you guys. He was spotted with Kit from uh, Matt James' season in New York, but he went on Ben and Ashley's Almost Famous podcast, and he said that they are just friends and you know, she's 21, he's 36. It was, it's not a serious thing. And uh, so nothing happening with Kit there, but he did confirm he was out with her. I think it was like a blurry Dumois photo and he did confirm they were out, but um, Dumois photo, but they did not go on a date. They are not dating. He is, however, very interested in Kelly Flanagan. Kelly Flanagan, as you probably know, Peter Weber's ex-girlfriend, the woman he dated for 10 months after the season ended. She came in fifth place right before hometowns. Peter sent her home on the show. They reconnected, dated. You know all about that. Kelly is dating someone casually in Florida, which is where she lives right now, even though we know she's coming back or she's moving to New York, just like Peter, as we as we talked about. But she is seeing someone in Florida. She's teased that. And Bennett also confirmed that on Ben and Ashley's, prod, uh, ben and Ashley's podcast. We also... She, you know, opened up about how much she's into her. He said, quote, I've been pretty upfront and honest and intentional with my interest in one lady. Her name is Kelly Flanagan, certainly quite interested in Kelly. She's a very smart girl. She's well-spoken. I think our journeys and the way it played out on TV are quite similar. That's something that she identified with me very early on. I don't want to put her on blast or anything, but I think there's a lot of good similar overlap, which I don't really understand that because Kelly's whole thing has been she was really into Peter and they had that connection before the show and they struggled to make it work on, on the show. And she kind of blamed producers for keeping her from Peter and not giving her a fair shot. Maybe Bennett feels that way with Claire Tasha, but I don't necessarily think it was the same thing. He didn't date Claire Tasha or pursue them after the show for 10 months. So I don't know if the connection was real there, but whatever. Then she said, then he said, I actually met Peter 
this is Bennett talking, talking. And after the second or third tequila shot, I just threw it out there. And I said, I'd like to address the elephant in the room. Is it awkward that I have an interest in flirting with your ex? We talked about it. He said, that's not the case at all. She's someone that he really cares about and always will. But I mean, he technically gave me his blessing and said, by all means, seems like you're a great guy. I appreciate you asking. It was a really nice conversation. Then Bennett pointed out that Kelly is technically kind of seeing someone in Florida, but it's not serious. He added, I've never been on a date with her yet. And then he said that he got her approval to post that video of him dancing to fantasy by Mariah Carey, which was the video she had posted and then he posted. And that's how everyone kind of figured out that Bennett was like flirting with Kelly. And she said she appreciated the boldness. Now, it's interesting that this has all happened because and my first instinct was like, oh, my God, he kind of just blew up Kelly's spot and was like, I'm DMing her and talking to her. But, and she's seeing this guy in Florida and it's not serious. And now it's going to be like headlines that she's seeing this guy in Florida. I mean, I don't know what the guy in Florida, who he is or what he thinks of this. But if I was him, I'd maybe be like, maybe they have an agreement that it's not serious or whatever. But I'd be like, why is this guy like openly pursuing you? And you're talking about your plans for paradise or you might date this guy, but we're dating, but you're moving to your, I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going on in their personal like business, this guy from Florida, who's not in bachelor nation, but I feel like it's a little awkward. So then Kelly went on TikTok and posted a video of her singing along to a song about F boys and no one knows if she's talking about Peter, if she's talking about Bennett, if she's talking about the Florida guy. Bennett commented, I emojis, dot, 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 uh-oh, blushy, blushy face. So un- unclear if Bennett maybe knows he put his foot in his mouth and Kelly's not pleased with him or if she's just, you know, maybe throwing that out there because there's a lot of headlines about her love life recently, some from this very podcast after what Peter said. I don't know. So that's an interesting one. But I also think it's just a bizarre thing that the Bachelor people are being so open about. Well, I guess mostly just Bennett, but pursuing someone, but also potentially going on Paradise. Like if they he does go on Paradise and Kelly's there, great. We'll see them date. If he goes on Paradise and Kelly's not there, if I'm that girl, I'm like, well, weren't you like two months ago in love with Kelly Flanagan? So it's it's a bold strategy. I kind of respect it because we hate when they're like secretly DMing and lie about it. But also, I don't know if this is going to work in Bennett's, Bennett's favor very well. Um, the other like rumored couple that was making headlines this week were was Ivan and Heather Martin. Ivan from Clartatia season, Heather from obviously Colton season, and then briefly Matt James season. Um, there was a picture of them together, but a source told us that it was just a friendly meetup. There are other Bachelor Nation people there for Spencer's birthday in San Diego, Spencer from Clartatia season. Quote, Heather came with her friends. Ivan and Heather looked cute, but they were more just hanging out, having a good time. They looked like friends. It wasn't a date or anything. There was a whole group of people. So I love all of this just because I think it's fun to track when Paradise does film and we have a little bit more information, um, kind of like the stagecoach of it all two years ago. And I appreciate everyone being very forward. But at the same time, I think it's kind of, again, a bold move <laughs> because people are going to have preconceived notions going in. And also, if you want to date just Kelly, like you guys don't have to date in Paradise, you can just date on our Instagram screens, on our TikTok. Up next, Us Weekly had some source reporting this week about how filming is going on Katie's season. These are not spoilers, and these are production sources adjacent. Can't really get into that. But um, about the different vibe without Chris Harrison. One source told us that it was a very last-minute change and a different vibe because Chris is kind of like a father figure to everybody on production. 
and he solves a lot of problems. He's always around to talk. He was much more involved than people might realize. Tasha and Caitlin have had to learn to co-host, and it's taken time. Everyone was told very specifically that they're not replacing Chris, just helping out this season. This is not a permanent position. They're lovely to work with, and they get along with the crew. It's just different with them co-hosting. They have to do some retakes, a lot of memorizing lines. They don't have the years of experience hopping on. Scenes that used to be done in one take with Chris can now take two hours. Another source said they were brought in at the last minute. Their roles is much more experienced girlfriends to Katie and experienced contestants to the guys. They act professional, they're on time, and they're helping the franchise as much as they can in this funky situation. Tisha and Caitlin have also kind of posted a lot on Instagram, seemingly a little restless on this New Mexico set. Caitlin opened up about her anxiety. Tasha has been posting a lot about kind of, you know, missing Zach. And I think that maybe it, it was more than they expected. I, I have you know, all the faith in the world that they're going to do a fine job and the show is going to move forward and it's not, you know, going to be a huge deal, but it is interesting to hear from maybe some production people saying that Chris did have a bigger role than people think and they're missing him on the show. Um, that's in no way me saying he should or shouldn't be back. That's not my decision to make. And I don't really feel overly strongly either way, just because I don't love cancel culture, but at the same time, I don't really know how they would go about it after all this time of silence. And I think it's kind of confusing and Chris hiring lawyers certainly complicates things. Um, so I don't really know what to expect, but Nick Vile also on his podcast this week was talking about how he thinks Tasha and Zach, I mean, Tasha and Caitlin are actually going to be great because as a lead himself, he knows what it's like for Chris to kind of come to you and try to give you advice and say, like, I know what you're going through. And the lead's like, well, actually, you don't because Chris has never been the bachelor or the bachelorette. He's obviously been there for everything, but he doesn't know what it's like to break up with a bunch of people and, you know, try to find someone and have the pressure of the show on your back. And I thought that was an interesting point. I've said something similar of how I think, you know, especially a female lead, it's probably nice to have a female performer bachelorette for advice. I think maybe they could do a combo. We could have Chris Harrison or a host, but also have the rotating leads come in a little bit more than the first episode. Oh, here's Sean Lowe to give you the same advice he gives every season. I love Sean Lowe. No dig there. It's just like kind of silly. So if we had, you know, a mentor type thing, Tasha, you know, maybe check in at the beginning of the journey, middle of the journey, end of the journey, that would be really cool. And I think, or any bachelorette, um, or bachelor for them, I think that would be really smart and have it be consistent, almost like um, like how Dr. Drew does the team mom reunions. <laughs> like I just feel like even though they're not doctors, they they have experience and like a check-in guide, in addition to maybe Chris Harrison doing some of the more like leading the show or someone else, or even not necessarily needing a full host. I don't know, you guys. I don't know. I don't make the rules, but that's just what we're hearing from the set. Um, they're probably gonna be done. Kind of soon. I, I think the first week of May that resort opens up to the public May 2nd, I believe. So they're in the final stretch of filming Katie's season. There are some spoilers getting out there, but we are not going to be discussing them on this podcast. Try to have a pure experience. Speaking of spoilers, though, I did want to touch briefly on all this reality Steve drama. Obviously, if you watch The Bachelor, you know who Reality Steve is. He has made a career life for himself being the the guy who spoils The Bachelor. He also recaps other reality shows and has his own podcast and has done interviews with a lot of the cast. Um, and I think a lot of them have really mixed feelings about him, which we're kind of learning. Some people did, you know, embrace it and go on his platform and understand he has a lot of influence in Bachelor Nation. Other people have avoided him. Obviously, ABC is not a fan and has made that pretty clear. But now the tables are turning a little bit because Reality Steve was very vocal. If you watched his Instagram live saying that Matt James was a player and not a good person and 
very much on Rachel's side when that whole drama played out a few weeks ago in their New York City reunion, where, as I said at the time, Us Weekly was just trying to get both sides of the story. You know, when you're when you're writing about cheating claims or lying claims, you have to go to to both sides and try to figure out, you know, the version of the truth, whether you try to present both sides, people can draw their own conclusions, but you can't just say, you know, something is a fact when you're not the person. Um, and so that was what we were trying to do. But he was very clear in his reporting that he knew he was right and that Matt was a player and that, you know, Rachel was the victim here. That could be true. I don't know. But that kind of rubbed people the wrong way, including Becca Martinez and her co-host Jess on Chatty Broads, their podcast. So they were talking about that. And then people were sending them Reality Steve's old blog posts and tweets. And they were some wildly upsetting things that were written a couple years ago about Jade Roper when she... Um, was on Chris Soul's season and then was on Paradise and, you know, things that she's been vocal about in the media with some sexual assault experience and how, she, you know, her storyline on the show was about Playboy and stuff like that. In reality, Steve made some wildly inappropriate comments about her at the time. And even seasons before that, I think he's kind of said that he's t toned it down. And, you know, as the culture changes and me too, and things shift, he's shifted and he doesn't judge people as, as harshly. Um, but he definitely had some very, very upsetting and wildly out of line recaps of the show that were still on his site. So that's other, also a choice. But Jade has responded and said, OK, I want to address some things coming my way. From what I understand, there was a Reddit threat showing screenshots of an old reality Steve blog writing some degrading comments about me while I was on the show. This has really been throwing me for a loop, bringing up a lot of old emotions of how I felt to read those things and have his army come for me week after week. I know Chatty Broads talks about it on their recent podcast, too. I just want to say it feels like a weight off my shoulders to be seen, to have somebody say nobody deserves to be treated that way. So thank you for the support that's always been shown my way. Then you had Demi Burnett. We love Demi. Come on. Twitter and say that reality Steve once, this is crazy, you guys, messaged her that he had a sex dream about her and she didn't know how to handle it. So she like laughed it off and said it actually made her really uncomfortable. She also said that he outed her as bisexual before she had a chance to tell her friends and family, which created a weird power dynamic between them. So then when he reached out to her to have her on the show, she did it because she felt so weird about their power dynamic. And I've heard this from other people in The Bachelor um, on the side in recent weeks that it, it's kind of intimidating for them because Reality Steve does have a lot of power. People listen to him. He has a lot of fans and he doesn't answer to anybody. He's kind of like this Bachelor Nation guy who know, has a lot of information and does have power. And sometimes they felt like he could use stuff against them, um, which is very sad and also interesting and something I've never thought about before. Um, so Demi said that reality Steve has apologized to her, said he didn't know she felt that way. He apologized on Twitter. I don't know if they've spoken privately too. And I think he apologized in his podcast, but then Christina Shulman, who was on Nick's season and on paradise a few times said she enjoyed her ups and downs on the show, but the lowest points don't compare to when reality Steve's opinion that he stated as facts, his tendency was to have opinions with fractions of the truth and stated as fact. That's not gossip or factual reporting. That's gossip, not factual reporting. Throughout my time on the show, I would receive messages from reality Steve stating, stating his disapproval of the guys I was dating. He would send me negative messages about them, which left me with no room to get to know them on my own. He would send me detailed stories about them from another source, stories he had no business knowing. So I think what Christina is referring to is reality Steve hearing dirt or alleged stories, I think, from like other male Bachelor contestants, because I think people reach out to him, they tell him stuff. And he, from my understanding, tends to take a lot of these things as fact and it, it can be it can be tricky, you guys. Like we we talked about it when Rachel happened um, before the photos, and it was all like TikTok claims. It's like you can't necessarily take what one person says on TikTok as a fact. 
Um, but at the same time, you want to look into it. So I think maybe Reality Steve gets some messages sometimes about these people on the show about from their exes. Um, and then he gets, you know, he looks into it. And I'm not saying he doesn't try to validate what he hears, but I think it's bizarre for him to try to get involved in like Bachelor Nation drama and message Christina, like this stuff on the side. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily his place. He also like gave Tasha's ex-husband a platform on his show when she talked about him cheating, but then, you know, came out on Matt and called him a cheater. So it's, it's a little hypocritical. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot, but that's a brief little rundown of the reality Steve drama. A few outlets have picked it up. There's more stuff online, but I just wanted to touch on that because it is Bachelor Nation related. And like I said, he has apologized. So I don't think he's going anywhere, but um, it's definitely like a little bit of a, t- a turn. Bachelor Nation taking back the power a little bit, which, you know, I don't hate. So that's here for the right reasons, you guys. We've got Paradise Couples. We've got some Chris Harrison reporting. We've got Cassie updates. We've got Reality Steve in the hot seat. And who knows what's going to happen next week. So don't forget to come back every Tuesday and Friday and listen to Here for the Right Reasons. Here for the Right Reasons.